Chapter Seven of the Formation of Vegetable Molds Through the Action of Worms with Observations on Their Habits by Charles Darwin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seven Conclusion Summary of the Part Which Worms Have Played in the History of the World Their Aid in the Disintegration of Rocks In the Denudation of the Land In the Preservation of Ancient Remains in the preparation of the soil for the growth of plants mental powers of worms conclusion worms have played a more important part in the history of the world than most persons would at first suppose in almost all humid countries they are extraordinarily numerous and for their size possess great muscular power in many parts of england a weight of more than ten tons ten thousand five hundred and sixteen kilograms of dry earth annually passes through their bodies and is brought to the surface on each acre of land so that the whole superficial bed of vegetable mould passes through their bodies in the course of every few years from the collapsing of old burrows the mould is in constant slow movement and the particles composing it are thus rubbed together by these means fresh surfaces are continually exposed to the action of the carbonic acid in the soil and of the humus acids, which appear to be still more efficient in the decomposition of rocks. The generation of the humus acids is probably hastened during the digestion of the many half-decayed leaves which worms consume. Thus, the particles of earth, forming the superficial mould, are subjected to conditions eminently favourable for their decomposition and disintegration. Moreover, the particles of the softer rocks suffer some amount of mechanical trituration in the muscular gizzards of worms, in which small stones serve as millstones. The finely levigated castings, when brought to the surface in a moist condition, flow during rainy weather down any moderate slope, and the smaller particles are washed far down even a gently inclined surface. Castings, when dry, often crumble into small pellets, and these are apt to roll down any sloping surface. Where the land is quite level, and is covered with herbage, and where the climate is humid, so that much dust cannot be blown away, it appears at first sight impossible that there should be any appreciable amount of subaerial denudation. But worm castings are blown, especially whilst moist and viscid, in one uniform direction by the prevalent winds, which are accompanied by rain. By these several means, the superficial mould is prevented from accumulating to a great thickness and a thick bed of mould checks, in many ways, the disintegration of the underlying rocks and fragments of rock. The removal of worm castings, by the above means, leads to results which are far from insignificant. It has been shown that a layer of earth, 0.2 of an inch in thickness, is in many places annually brought to the surface per acre, and, if a small part of this amount flows, or rolls, or is washed, even for a short distance, down every inclined surface, or is repeatedly blown in one direction, a great effect will be produced in the course of ages. It was found, by measurements and calculations, that on a surface with a mean inclination of 9 degrees 26 minutes, 2.4 cubic inches of earth, which had been ejected by worms, crossed, in the course of a year, a horizontal line one yard in length so that 240 cubic inches 
would cross a line 100 yards in length. This latter amount, in a damp state, would weigh 11 and one half pounds. Thus, a considerable weight of earth is continually moving down each side of every valley, and will in time reach its bed. Finally, this earth will be transported by the streams flowing in the valleys into the ocean, the great receptacle for all matter denuded from the land. It is known from the amount of sediment annually delivered into the sea by the Mississippi that its enormous drainage area must on an average be lowered point zero zero two six three of an inch each year, and this would suffice in four and one-half million years to lower the whole drainage area to the level of the seashore, so that if a small fraction of the layer of fine earth, point two of an inch in thickness, which is annually brought to the surface by worms, is carried away, a great result cannot fail to be produced within a period which no geologist considers extremely long. Archaeologists ought to be grateful to worms, as they protect and preserve, for an indefinitely long period, every object, not liable to decay, which is dropped on the surface of the land, by burying it beneath their castings. Thus, also, many elegant and curious tessellated pavements and other ancient remains have been preserved, though no doubt the worms have in these cases been largely aided by earth washed and blown from the adjoining land, especially when cultivated. The old tessellated pavements have, however, often suffered by having subsided unequally from being unequally undermined by the worms. Even old massive walls may be undermined and subside, and no building is in this respect safe, unless the foundations lie six or seven feet beneath the surface, at a depth at which worms cannot work. It is probable that many monoliths and some old walls have fallen down from having been undermined by worms. Worms prepare the ground in an excellent manner for the growth of fibrous-rooted plants and for seedlings of all kinds. They periodically expose the mold to the air and sift it so that no stones larger than the particles which they can swallow are left in it. They mingle the whole intimately together, like a gardener who prepares fine soil for his choicest plants. In this state, it is well fitted to retain moisture and to absorb all soluble substances, as well as for the process of nitrification. The bones of dead animals, the harder parts of insects, the shells of land mollusks, leaves, twigs, etc., are before long all buried beneath the accumulated castings of worms, and are thus brought in a more or less decayed state within reach of the roots of plants. Worms likewise drag an infinite number of dead leaves and other parts of plants into their burrows, partly for the sake of plugging them up, and partly as food. The leaves which are dragged into the burrows as food, after being torn into the finest shreds, partially digested, and saturated with the intestinal and urinary secretions, are commingled with much earth. This earth forms the dark-colored rich humus, which almost everywhere covers the surface of the land, with a fairly well-defined layer or mantle. Henson, footnote, Zeitschrift für Wissenschaft, Zoologie, B. Chapter 28, 1877, page 360, end of footnote, placed two worms in a vessel, 18 inches in diameter, which was filled with sand, on which fallen leaves were strewed, and these were soon dragged into the burrows to a depth of three inches. 
After about six weeks, an almost uniform layer of sand, a centimeter, point four of an inch, in thickness, was converted into humus by having passed through the alimentary canals of these worms. It is believed by some persons that worm burrows, which often penetrate the ground almost perpendicularly, to a depth of five or six feet, materially aid in its drainage, notwithstanding that the viscid castings piled over the mouths of the burrows prevent or check the rainwater directly entering them. They allow the air to penetrate deeply into the ground. They also greatly facilitate the downward passage of roots of moderate size, and these will be nourished by the humus with which the burrows are lined. Many seeds owe their germination to having been covered by castings, and others buried to a considerable depth beneath accumulated castings lie dormant until at some future time they are accidentally uncovered and germinate. Worms are poorly provided with sense organs, for they cannot be said to see, although they can just distinguish between light and darkness. They are completely deaf, and have only a feeble power of smell. The sense of touch alone is well developed. They can therefore learn but little about the outside world, and it is surprising that they should exhibit some skill in lining their burrows with their castings and with leaves, and in the case of some species, in piling up their castings into tower-like constructions. But it is far more surprising that they should apparently exhibit some degree of intelligence, instead of a mere blind instinctive impulse, in their manner of plugging up the mouths of their burrows. They act in nearly the same manner as would a man, who had to close a cylindrical tube with different kinds of leaves, petioles, triangles of paper, etc., for they commonly see such objects by their pointed ends. But with thin objects a certain number are drawn in by their broader ends. They do not act in the same unvarying manner in all cases, as do most of the lower animals. For instance, they do not drag in leaves by their footstalks, unless the basal part of the blade is as narrow as the apex, or narrower than it. When we behold a wide, turf-covered expanse, we should remember that its smoothness, on which so much of its beauty depends, is mainly due to all the inequalities having been slowly leveled by worms. It is a marvelous reflection that the whole of this superficial mold over any such expanse has passed, and will again pass, every few years, through the bodies of worms. The plough is one of the most ancient and most valuable of man's inventions. But long before he existed, the land was in fact regularly ploughed, and still continues to be thus ploughed, by earthworms. It may be doubted whether there are many other animals which have played so important a part in the history of the world, as have these lowly organized creatures. Some other animals, however, still more lowly organized, namely corals, have done far more conspicuous work in having constructed innumerable reefs and islands in the great oceans. But these are almost confined to the tropical zones. End of chapter 7 End of the formation of vegetable molds through the action of worms with observations on their habits by Charles Darwin Read by Gale in Christchurch, New Zealand during 2012